Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 20, on acknowledging our own weakness and on the miseries of this life. The Learner. Lord, I will tell you frankly and to my shame how sinful I am, how weak. It's often something quite trivial that upsets me and throws me out of balance. I make up my mind to take a firm line in a matter, and then, the moment the slightest temptation comes along, I find myself in a very tight corner. It's sometimes something quite petty that gives rise to a really serious temptation. I'm feeling fairly safe, and then, before I know what's happening, I sometimes find myself almost knocked over by the slightest gust. So you see, Lord, how wretchedly frail I am. Everything in the world will have told you that. Have pity on me. Save me from sinking in the mire. Don't let me stay down all the time. That is what often distresses me and shames me in your sight, that I am so apt to fall, so weak in resisting my passions. Even though I don't give way to them altogether, the way they keep on at me all the time is very irksome and distressing. I get sick and tired of living day in, day out, at war with myself. All this shows me how weak I am. The most loathsome fancies always rush in upon me much more readily than they take their leave. Most powerful God of Israel, passionate lover of faithful souls, look upon the toil and trouble of this servant of yours. Stand by him at all he sets his hand to. Strengthen me with heavenly courage. Otherwise, the man I was once by nature, the wretched flesh not yet fully subject to the spirit, may be strong enough. To overcome me. It is against this that I shall have to struggle so long as I draw breath in this sorry life. And oh, what a life it is. One long series of troubles and miseries, everything full of hidden traps and enemies. As soon as one trial or temptation takes itself off, along comes another. And while the first battle is still on, up come several more out of the blue. How can people love life, riddled as it is with bitterness, the prey of so many disasters and miseries? The very word life is surely a misnomer for something so prolific in death and misery. And yet it is loved, and there are many who seek all their pleasures from it. The world is often blamed for being deceitful and vain, yet it is not readily given up. Fleshly desires have far too strong a say. There are some things that lead men to love the world, others that move them to despise it. The things that lead men to love the world are gratification of corrupt nature, gratification of the eye, the empty pomp of living. But the penalties and miseries that rightly follow in the wake of these things will fill men with disgust and hatred of the world. But the sorry fact is that a distorted notion of pleasure conquers the mind that has surrendered to the world. It deems that enjoyment 
It deems that enjoyment is to be found underlying the senses. The reason for this is that it has neither seen nor tasted the sweetness of God and the inward delight of holiness. But those who utterly despise the world and strive to live for God under a holy rule of life are far from being unaware of that divine sweetness promised to all who really do renounce the world. They see more clearly than other men how surely, they see more clearly than other men how sorely the world is astray, how manifold are its departures from the truth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, have mercy on us. Pray for us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are two poles or endpoints around which tonight's reading turns. On the one hand, Thomas Akempis emphasizes at the end of the chapter that the world has departed from the truth. So much of what is proposed to us as pleasurable, as the source of our happiness that the world tells us about. So much of that is a deceit. And those who live only for this world and what it offers in time will be disappointed. So this is an emphasis. Now, when we emphasize that, what's the danger? The danger is that we will spend all our time pointing out what's wrong with the world how sorely the world is astray, how everything in the world is going to worse and worse disasters, how corrupt the church is, how corrupt this guy is, how corrupt this person is. And we see through all the shams and whatever it is, all's going on. And the trouble is that we can just stop there. I mean, it's true as far as it goes, that the world and all that's in the world is the lust of the eyes, the gratification of the eyes, simply wanting to please what can be seen. The lust of the flesh is simply looking for pleasures of the body and the pride of life, the desire for power, control. Okay, all of that is what's in the world. And we can sit there and point it all out. And we can criticize it. But if that's all we do, then we're missing out the really most important thing that Father Thomas Kempis has to teach us. What Thomas Akempis really wants us to be aware of is what he starts with. He doesn't start with the world and the criticizing of the world and how bad things are and how difficult it all is. No, what he starts with is that you and I, but primarily himself, he's starting with himself and he's telling our Lord that I am weak, that I am a sinner. And not just that I've done bad things, but that I'm apt to sin. I'm so 
easily knocked off my peaceful course. I'm so easily able to talk a big game, tell other people how to do things. And then as soon as the temptation comes, something small, petty, we've seen it a million times and we fall again. We think we're safe in the slightest little gust of wind and we're knocked down. Now we cannot hear this and not remember St. Peter. When our Lord told him to walk on the water, St. Peter said, Lord, if that's really you, when he appeared on the Sea of Galilee, then bid me come to thee on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter began to walk on the water. And the gospel says that then he began to take account of the gusts and the waves, and he began to sink. And he said, save me, Lord. And our Lord reached out and grabbed him. In other words, Peter had gotten so close to Jesus, had walked so far along the water without sinking, but yet, when he got right near Jesus, he began to sink because he took account of the waves and the wind. It had been no problem before, but suddenly it became a problem. So close, and yet he begins to sink. But that's all of us. That's every single one of us. And blessed be the Lord who allows us to learn that about ourselves, either the easy way which is through prayer and reading and seeing other people. Or blessed be God if we have to learn it the hard way. That is, by falling and falling and falling. But however it is, we have to learn this lesson. The main enemy is not outside in the world. Yes, there is an enemy there. Yes, we can be led astray. But the main trouble is myself yourself and we're just going to have to struggle we just have to keep fighting that's all we as long as we don't give up the lord who pulled peter out of the sinking water will pull us out too the world and the flesh that is the fallen side of me the fallen side of you is no match for christ jesus in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen